Hey guys, Toolman Tim here. Welcome back to the workshop where we create community, find freedom, promote preparedness, and share success. Back with another episode of the workshop podcast live on the beach. I hope you can hear me okay. We did some sound tests to make sure it works, but I figured I would come back, visit up with you, and see how everybody's doing. I thought we would do yet another random ramblings of a Canadian traveling in the U.S. So anyway, how has everybody been? Everything seems pretty good on my end here, if you can hear me. Pretty good. Babe, are you logged in to tell me? Oh, she'll... Yeah, anyway, we'll go from there. But yeah, so how's everybody been? We've got a lot of sunshine. We got a nasty sunburn a couple of days ago, which you're like, oh yeah, poor Tim, poor first world problems. It could always be worse, couldn't it? <laughs> but yeah, things, as far as that goes, we've been good. Lots of noxema, trying to keep covered, deciding to uh, adopt the siesta side of things. Perfect. I get the thumbs up from the boss in the other room there, so we know we're doing good. But yeah, we've been uh, going around, checking everything out in the morning, enjoying our mornings, and then coming back and having an afternoon nap because we're lazy old people and we enjoy it. But anyway, so I figured I'd share with you guys some more thoughts from around the world. We've been having a lot of fun. These will be a little more funny ones. You know, some are serious, but I've enjoyed it. We So the other day, you know, everybody says nostalgia sells now and at our age, we're always thinking back about places we used to go to and used to enjoy. And for Becky, one of the places she always went to as a kid was Ponderosa. Loved going to Ponderosa Steakhouse. And we decided we'd look it up. And apparently there's only like 30 of them left in the entire country, which was fine. We found one when we were in Orlando. We went and we had supper there. And I got to tell you, it looked no different than it did 30 years ago. And that's probably why they've been slowly shutting them down. We enjoyed it. <laughs> Chris Dixon says he loves hearing kids say at our age. I guess at our age, it's always relative, isn't it, man? I appreciate that. So I we used to go to, the, I'm going to share you guys a funny story. Hopefully you'll appreciate this. But just before my dad got his first smartphone, he decided his favorite place whenever we went on badminton tournaments when I was in high school to eat was the Ponderosa. He always loved going there. We used to have them in Canada. And of course, it wasn't like he just hopped on the internet and looked to see if they were open back in the day. He decided, he said to mom, he said, I want to go to Ponderosa for supper. The closest Ponderosa at that time was three hours, three and a half hour drive away. So he decided to hop in the car, him and mom, for his birthday and drive all the way to Truro. And when he got there, he discovered they'd gone out of business. <laughs> the poor dad drove three and a half hours for his birthday. So I had to send him some pictures when we were at the Ponderosa, just so he knows. But if anybody's been to one, or you haven't and you're thinking about it, I'd say go because I can't see how that place is going to stay open much longer. Food was good, but like I said, it looks like it still looked like it in the early 90s. Now, as far as uh, fun drinks and things like that go, we have had a whole bunch of different things to try. And I got to share with you, what am I drinking tonight? So if you can see this, this is a Mountain Dew Zero with 5% alcohol in it. It was a bulk pack of four different flavors. This one is Black Cherry. And they're pretty good. They all taste like, you know, oversweetened freezies, except there's no sugar in them, but there's alcohol. So that's been my thing for the last couple of days, just enjoying one or two at a time. Uh, beyond that, I went, if you guys happened to watch me on social, Becky was nice enough to take me the first day. Yeah, God bless the USA, Chris says yes. <laughs> yeah, Mountain Dew with 5% alcohol and no sugar, so... 100% good for all the diabetics out there. 
I went the other day to Machine Gun America, and I don't think I talked about this in the other episode of the podcast, but, you know, on vacation, all the days kind of run together. But it was so incredible. I am so thankful for you guys' Second Amendment rights because we don't... Hey, Nate, how are you, buddy? We are going to see each other in two days. Two days. So, yeah, like I said, I this this range was incredible. It was all indoor, right in a, a busy, you know, retail kind of environment. And I talked to the guy, the range master there. And you go inside and they have these machine guns that you shoot. And the back wall is like two foot thick of concrete. Then I think he said it was two inches of steel and then a bunch of rubber. I can't remember. That was the combination. It was a whole bunch of concrete, some steel, and then a bunch of rubber. And back up until a couple of years ago, they didn't have the rubber. So what happened was you'd shoot into the steel and all the lead would go up overhead into like a collector, which was kind of cool too. But I mean, the place was, yeah, you got to pick the guns you wanted to shoot and you got 25 rounds per gun. And as you can imagine, 25 rounds in about three seconds, if you let them go completely. And then they had a little store attached to it called Tactical Shit. Uh, I'll wear the shirt when I do my presentation, I think, at LFTN. But it's a post-apocalyptic Mickey Mouse shirt. You'll love it. It's pretty funny. Nate says, uh, ready, and we aren't allowed NFA items here in Illinois. What is NFA? I'm wondering if that's something. Yeah, I'm not sure. If you can type it out in the comments for me, because I'm probably either having a brain fart or it's an American term that I'm not sure of. But we had... Yeah, it was just so much fun there. And Becky just watched and she enjoyed it. She didn't want to shoot, but we bought herself some tactical patches. I got uh, some really funny ones. I don't have them with me now. I have to dig them out after. But we're basically trying to make sure that we don't buy too much. That we can't take it all back with us. I guess we'll ship it if we have to. But I, uh, I kind of have an issue. We went back to, I told you guys I went to Harbor Freight the other day. And that was cool. We decided to go back again. And, of course, I wasn't going to buy any tools, but Becky talked me into buying tools. So that was important because she always wants me to buy extra tools so I have content for my channel. But I think I've bought about five oddball Bauer cordless tools from there now. Oh, machine guns, short-barreled rifles, and suppressors. Yeah, that makes sense. Sure. Because Illinois is fairly similar <laughs> to Canada in some ways. Yeah, suppressors are an absolute no-go in Canada. We've tried. I shouldn't say we. but I say it like it was something I had to do with. But... Some Canadian activists have really tried up here under the, or up here, I'm not up there right now, but under the guise of uh, hearing protection, which is absolutely important in my mind, but there's just no no way to get suppressors legalized, even for restricted use, because it would be great for indoor. Oh, here, Becky brought me over one. I got to show this one off here. So we're going to test this guy out. I've been looking for, sorry about the hitting the microphone there. I've been looking for a cordless vacuum for a while. So this is the Bauer. It has like a three-foot extension on it. I'm kind of excited to try it out. There's the, the different fittings that come with it. I basically got to take them out of the box, throw the box away, and bring the tools back with me. So I'll shoot some B-roll footage before I do that and bring them back. But I got, I, I, I was going to post, I'll wait till I get home to post it, but I picked up a cordless shop, or the cordless handheld vacuum, the glue gun, uh, a small inflator, and a flashlight. And Nate says NFA is the National Firearms Act regulating those items. We still have concealed carry and standard capacity mags. Fair enough. Yes. Well, we're, you know, we're, we're basically limited to any handguns up here are limited to 10 rounds. And any rifle basically is limited to five. Now, you can have a high capacity magazine, but it has to be pinned so that you can't exceed those five rounds. 
It's absolutely the most foolish thing I've ever seen. And I can own a nine millimeter handgun a restricted with a 10 round magazine, but my nine millimeter carbine can only have five rounds. I don't know. I, if I could understand firearms regulations, I don't know. I wouldn't do us any good anyway. But it, it's, I mean, I'm, I'm sorry you struggle with that too, Nate, because ah, there's nothing worse than the government telling us what we can and can't do. But there's not much we can do about it, is there? Other than maybe move to more free states, which would be really good. And for anybody who's interested, I just got a notification that um, it's uh, Preppers Live on PBN. So when we finish up here, if anybody wants to catch up some good, some really cool content, uh, looks like. They're going to have Rick Austin on there tonight. James is Rick Austin from Prepper Camp. He's going to be on talking, so you can check them out. Yes, Chris Dixon, Canadian laws do make me grit my teeth as well. We're going to bring back a couple of bottles of you know, Tennessee bourbon, but we have to be very careful that we don't overpurchase the amount of alcohol because then we have to pay huge, well, not huge, but we have to pay extra taxes and extra duty fees when we come back across. And I'm not sure if anybody knows out there how the duty-free stuff works but i think if you buy it at the duty-free shop we're pretty sure you can bring extra back with you but we're gonna find out <laughs> it's all all fun and games until we get some bourbon confiscated or something but yeah um so here's another thought random thoughts from canadians so of course our american friends are very patriotic and one thing we've noticed especially we just come out of the weekend and if you're going to come to daytona come during the week but the beach was absolutely full of people here and we noticed people had flags and we thought, well, that's rather patriotic of them. Couldn't really figure out why. I mean, yeah, I get it. You're American or you hate Joe Biden or whatever. Well, it turns out that a lot of people on these big, busy beaches put flags up so that when their family's down in the water and they look back up, they can figure out where they need to come to so they don't get lost in the crowds. Didn't know that. Had to Google it to figure it out or to find out. But yes, also, it's a way to... Uh, show your political beliefs or things that you stick with. Now, another thing I got to mention, and this one's really funny because I've been asked quite often from my American counterparts, do you guys in Alberta, do you guys have people that have like crass and kind of nasty sayings on their vehicles and stuff? And I thought, well, yeah, we do. Like, you know, we got the guys that have the, you know, the set of balls hanging on the back of the truck and like fuck Trudeau and stuff. Well, I got to say, that some of the stuff we've seen on the Florida trucks down here has absolutely taken the cake. I've seen a couple the other day that I won't even repeat on here, but they would make a sailor flush. So they were they were definitely a hard R-rated uh, window decals on these trucks that I hadn't seen before. So, yeah, we have them in Alberta, but I got to say that uh, Florida man wins in this one. They were <laughs> beyond, yeah, whatever. Anyway, it's not something I would probably let my daughter read. But, yeah, we, we had a lot of fun. Uh now, I thought we had a lot of dollar stores in Canada, and we do, but it's, which one is the uh, uh, family dollar, I believe, or uh, what was the dollar store we've seen a lot of, babe? Family dollar? Yeah, there's family dollar, and uh, anyway, the dollar stores here are just everywhere. Dollar General, that's the one. Literally, it seems like they're on every single block, and I like that. It's cool. I Whatever, it just, it's funny because, yeah, we, we have a lot of dollar stores in Canada. Nothing like the dollar stores down here. It's great. Chris says, pretty sure liquor is limited to 1.5 liters per person. Yeah, that's what it is. So basically a 40 ounce per person. So we could each bring back a 40 ounce of um, some kind of hard liquor. But I was going to bring a few of these cans back for my son. 
we'll see. We'll see how much room we have. And Mac probably won't be watching this, but if he is, he'll know I spoiled the surprise because he's asked me three or four times, hey, Dad, have you found any weird Mountain Dew flavors yet? And I didn't want to tell him. So now it's live on the Internet, and if he happens to see it, then I guess i got to bring him back some. So I wanted to tell you guys, I don't think I, don't think I told you this little prepping story that I ran into the other day. But when we were in Calgary, the day before we had to fly out, we had to have <laughs> a ride back. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, no, we're spending the night in Calgary and then driving back the next day. But the first day we were in Calgary, we stayed the night there. We had a lot of fun. Where did we? So we had, but we had to go get a COVID test, right? And it was a long walk in the airport, a huge walk. It was about a 15 minute walk, drove me crazy. And I get all the way there and they're like, um, sorry, sir, but we can't do the test unless you have photo ID. Pat in my pockets, left my wallet in the truck with all my photo ID. And I'm about to turn around and run back thinking it's going to be a half hour round trip to get out to the car and back. And Becky's like, your phone. So, of course, like I said, like I recommend everybody else to do, have a backup of all your important documents in an encrypted file folder on your Google Drive. So within a couple of minutes, you're like, oh, sure, yeah, well, photo will do. I brought up a photo of my passport, brought up a photo of my driver's license, and I was good to go, which was a huge help. However, it's been two and a half years since I updated that file, and my passport photo had been um, expired, which was fine. They didn't care. But, and it's not like I could get into the country with a copy of my passport, but it was yet another small thing that saved my ass simply because I was a little bit prepared. Now, I panicked. Thank God I had Becky with me, and she's like, hey, just pull up your file. And they're like, yeah, we'll take it. No problem at all. So that was really, I really enjoyed that. That was really cool. Um, beyond that, oh, this is a good one, guys. So this, for all you salespeople out there, if your conversation with a customer starts off with, my first few words are, this is not about a timeshare. I can guarantee you that whatever's going to come out of your mouth next is about a timeshare. And if that's how you're starting your sales pitch, you need to get a better sales pitch. We were at, we were in Orlando the other day. We stopped into this place that said they had cheap tickets for Disney and a few other places. So we stopped in. I thought this place had kind of scammy written all over it, but I like going there. <laughs> oh, I Becky says she has my balls in her purse. What an asshole. I love her. Yeah. Oh, right. Yes. That's, yeah, I, I kept my ID with her, and yeah, anyway, that's how it goes. But yeah, so we went to this place, this old town in Orlando. We went in, and the guy, I like, I'm like, well, we'd like some information on your discounted tickets. He's like, well, have a seat. I want to talk to you. I'm like, nah, I'm comfortable. Because the first thing you don't want to do with these type of people is sit down. If they get you locked in, you're in trouble. So I didn't sit down. I stood there, and I stood there with one foot facing the door. And the guy starts talking. He's like, well, I just want to let you know this isn't a timeshare. And I'm like, God damn it. It's a timeshare. <laughs> so the guy starts talking. He's like, no, it's not a timeshare. We'll pay you $110 to be in a commercial. It's about, we give you an hour tour of the place. And I look at Becky. I said, this is a fucking timeshare. So I looked at him. I said, I don't have time for this. Have a nice day. Goodbye. And Becky loves keeping me around for that because she says I can be an asshole to salespeople. Not in a bad way, but just in a, Hey, we're on vacation. You're not going to waste our time. Now, if that was the only interaction, I probably wouldn't have brought it up in the podcast. But we're going across the road a couple days ago. We had to park in the overflow parking here. And I see this lady coming up. She's on um, 
a golf cart. And she hops right over. She goes, hey, 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 how are you? And I thought maybe we were parked in the wrong spot. She's going to come give me shit. So my dander was up already. First words out of her mouth were, this isn't a timeshare, but I'd like to chat with you. And I said, listen, lady, have a nice day. <laughs> and we headed the other way. And I thought, ah, like, there's got to be, you know, I mean, if you want, all I can say is you've never traveled before and you're wondering about going to one of these timeshare presentations to get something free. It ain't worth it. I don't care what they offer to give you. It ain't worth it. We got roped into it the very first time we went to Las Vegas and we thought, hey, this will be fun. We were going into the, um, I don't remember which hotel it was. We went in there and they're like, hey, do you want to go on a timeshare? And I'm like, well, they said, we'll give you, I don't know what it was. It was like a hundred dollar gift certificate, free free buffet and and we'll give you a, like yeah yeah becky yeah it's because becky's too nice and i love her and i don't like to give her grief but she is she always sits there and listens to these people's sales pitches we go to new york city the Hare krishnas jump right on her and try to put a, a bracelet on her wrist and we go to mexico and as soon as we get out of the taxi there's some lady on the corner trying to sell her stuff and i'm like i just i'm like honey you got to be an asshole just keep walking don't make eye contact don't make body language in their general direction. Don't even sneeze toward them. Just keep walking. So, yeah. Anyway, we got stuck in this timeshare years ago, and it was miserable. It was almost like a soft kidnapping. They give us a call. They're like, okay, we're going to take you off to show you this property. We're going to give you a tour. We're going to give you some snacks. Then you got to sit down listen to a presentation. And basically, they held us hostage for like an hour and a half. And you couldn't get your free gift until the very end. And then you had to sit down and have a one-on-one -on -one presentation with a salesperson. And I was trying to be as polite as I could because I'm like, you know what? I know you do this as a living, but it don't matter how much you talk to me. We ain't taking part in this timeshare. So just get it over with. And then they send you back to a hotel and they make you wait there for like a half an hour before. Oh, it was it was awful. So don't don't ever get roped into a timeshare, guys, if you can help it, because they are just yeah, they're, they got to be one of the sleaziest, slimiest kind of transactions you can ever be a part of. And they, they, they're, they're not up front with you at all about it. So, yes, if you're looking to travel for the first time, don't ever, ever take a timeshare. I'm telling you. Charlie Cole, we had a three-day stay in Orlando for a four-hour time presentation. They made us feel so guilty. Then they wanted to sell us another presentation. Yes, that's exactly it. And we got, I think, again, they give us like a three-night stay in Vegas, which you couldn't use for the time you were there. It had to be used down down the road. But it was one of those three-night stays that you had to buy one night to begin with, and it had to be at one of their specific resorts. It, Yeah, it's and nice to have you, Charlie. I don't think I've seen you in here before, so it's, yeah, very nice to have you. But they're, yeah, they're miserable. Don't, don't ever do it, guys. Uh, you know, I'm sure some of those people work hard, and that's their living, but... I said it doesn't mean that I got to sit there and listen to them because it, yeah if, if once you get on that bus to go somewhere because they always their first thing is they always want to take you away from the situation and they know they, they see you and they're like oh they're fresh off the boat they're new travelers here so they're going to be uncomfortable and nervous to begin with and if we can get them away from where they they know and then we can you know push the hard sales tactics on you and then they want to push you into a small room and chat with you some more all while dangling a carrot on a stick at the very end don't do it just awful and i i almost got really really nasty with them because yeah but anyway that was a few years ago i've lived i've learned and i keep becky away from them for the most part 
we went to Dollar Tree. So here's another cool little, um, years ago, I can't, uh, there was a guy I watched on YouTube. I believe his channel was called the Wolf Pit and I'd forgotten all about it. Real cool guy. And he, he's a, a, an infirmed individual who was in a wheelchair, just a great personality. And his channel was to try the oddest foods that you'd ever find at dollar stores. So we went into a Dollar Tree the other day and I've told you guys before, our stores were a dollar twenty-five at Dollar Tree. Now your guys's are, and ours have gone up to like a buck fifty or whatever. But I was really—I thought it was kind of funny. Dollar Tree down here has a frozen food section. There's nothing like that in Canada because I don't think there's literally a food product they could buy for under a dollar twenty-five down there, or up in Canada. So that was one of them small differences. It's always fun when you you see the different things at different stores and different places. And yeah, I mean. We, did we try any of the food? No, because pretty much every time this guy would talk about the frozen food that he could get at the dollar stores, it was uh, disgusting, unhealthy, and made from, I forget, it was some sort of three-letter kind of acronym for like laminated proteins. It was just, it was basically a soy byproduct, but yeah, not healthy, but it kind of stuck out to me and thought it was kind of cool. Oh. Yeah, so if any of you guys have ever been to uh, Vegas before, you go into every single casino there, and every one of them has their own scent. Uh, we stayed at the Flamingo, and every time I smell whatever that air freshener perfume is, it always takes you right back to there. And so it's like their they're patented, their registered scent. It's kind of cool. Now, I got to tell you, if Florida had a registered scent, it would be marijuana. Now, I, I live in the land of the weed we've got it everywhere in canada of course it's legal there and i have never in my life smelled as much marijuana as i have smelled in florida it is everywhere so when you show up apparently i mean at least okay i should i'm judging all of florida based on my interactions up and down kind of the daytona orlando area but everywhere we've gone has been where we've gone <laughs> it's been that way um, we were at the, uh, we went to Orlando a couple days ago. We went to this place called Icon Park. It's a 400 foot high Ferris wheel. And I got reading, if you guys remember that story, uh, a couple of three weeks ago where that young, young boy fell out of a ride and plummeted to his you know, early demise. Well, that was at that park. So I thought that was rather interesting. I didn't know until I started reading up on it. And yeah, it, everything's up and running again. I, I don't know the whole story behind it. And it was a tragedy, but yeah, yeah still a nice park if you're ever interested in going there it was we looked for some things i don't think i shared this last time either but when we went to orlando we looked to go to places that weren't frequented by all the tourists because it was miserable you we went by all of the universal and disney off ramps and there was like a 15 minute wait on the highway just to get down those off ramps so we found a place called old town which was great it was like an old-fashioned little town we went early and we found a place called Icon Park, and that was really cool too. So yeah, there's always, we, we found some good tips and, and you guys probably know this kind of stuff, but if you're looking to travel places like tourist destinations, like here at Daytona, we found during the week is way better. So if you can travel on the weekend and vacation during the week, you're way ahead of the rest of the game because you just like, we couldn't get parking here for the two days of the weekend. During the week, wide open. And we got ourselves on a little different schedule, so we're eating off the peak times, and we've never had to wait at any restaurants. So just little life tips. I, I, I enjoyed it. We've, we've had a good time with it. And uh, So the, 
the Waffle House. I, this, I, I love the Waffle House, and you guys might get a kick out of this, but I'm thinking about doing an entire episode on the Waffle House when I get back. I'm not going to go into deep detail, but if you're ever interested and you want to go down a bit of a rabbit hole, look up FEMA's connection with the Waffle House. And I'm not like, this isn't some kind of weird conspiracy thing or anything, because that really sounds like the starting of an Alex Jones episode. But apparently there's like the Waffle House principle or something in the connections with the Waffle House and how they use the Waffle House uh, to distribute food and meals and stuff. So it's really cool. But I don't want to, you know, I don't want to give away the, the thunder here, but it, it's a pretty interesting thing. Anyway, so I had this thought, you know how they say that you can't, you, you can't have all three. So if you want to buy a product, you can't have it good, cheap, and fast. You can have two of, of the three, you know, you can have good and cheap, or you can have cheap and fast, or you can have good and fast, you know, those type of things. Well, I got to say that the closest I've come to experiencing all three at a restaurant was probably the Waffle House. The food is cheap, the food is fast, and it's pretty damn good. And I think I got thinking about how they make that work. And I believe it's through scale. Uh, and of course, if, if you had to pick out of the three, they're probably at the lowest down the ladder on the quality, the good side of things. But the food's still really good. So I, I would say they're one of the few places that is making good, cheap and fast a reality and being successful at it. Like I said, the quality wouldn't be, you know, like high end gourmet food, but I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, so look into, if you guys are interested, look into their emergency response and how the government looks at Waffle House to see if they close. And if they haven't closed, how they know that things aren't that serious in the area. It was pretty good. Um, what else we got on the go? So tomorrow I'm doing a live stream with uh, Nicole and John Willis from SOE Tactical. I will share the link on social for you guys so that you have. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yes, right. So if you're ever in the... Um, Daytona area, guys. This is crazy. Becky just reminded me of this. We went to the coolest, coolest restaurant last night called Don Pepper's. And it is an authentic Mexican restaurant where a nice little gentleman comes to your table and makes fresh, fresh guacamole right at your table while you wait. And I've never had guacamole that I liked before. And I ate the crap out of that. It was so good. And they, you know, he puts the lime right in it. It was huge. I can't imagine the waste they go through because they made like two full um, vegetables full of guacamole. It was just, it was great. Yeah, we, we had a great time. The food was awesome. I Yeah, if, if you're ever down this way, we had a really good feed. And um, I got some really encouraging news from a community member today. I won't shout them out, but I just got to say, if any of you guys are out there, and I'm probably, I'm going to be talking out of both sides of my mouth right now, but if you're out there thinking about starting keto or doing keto, I say do it. You guys know I've been off the keto wagon while we've been down here, so I'm not much of an example. But this guy that messaged me today, he's kicking ass and taking names, and it's working. So I'm proud of you. Just want to let that person know. And if anybody else is thinking about doing it, do it. And I will be willing to do it with you when we get back to uh, north side, not state side, right? Charlie Cole says, oh, yeah, I live on the Gulf Coast. You know a hurricane was bad when the Waffle House closes. Yes, exactly. I had a really good conversation, and again, with, with one of the workers there, he's worked down here for quite a while, and he was the only worker that was working during a hurricane, and it was it was a really neat, uh, he had a really interesting experience, and uh, yeah, it's, I I love it down here, we've had a good time, but we're, we are starting to get to the end where we're like, you know what, I mean, I say the end, we got another week till we fly home, but uh, change is as good as a rest, and tomorrow's our last full day in Florida, and then we're going to spend Wednesday 
driving uh, cross country again. We've got about a thousand kilometer, would that be 600? I think it's about 650 mile journey back to Nashville or close to it. And then I'm going to finally, finally get to meet some of our, uh, I always joke about our imaginary internet friends, but yeah, it's uh, pretty good. Yeah, he, he said, so Becky just reminded me here. She said, when Waffle House closes, get her to Dodge were his exact words. And yeah, he said they have like bulletproof glass, st- storm rated windows. They're really big into having backup power and extra ice and food on hand. And yeah, basically that's the idea. FEMA looks at it and they're like, okay, if Waffle House is going to close, then we know we're all in trouble and you get get the hell out of Dodge. And uh, Charlie, you said you live on the Gulf Coast. I, I thought something was pretty cool here that I've noticed. As you drive around, you will see emergency evacuation route signs. So pay attention to that kind of stuff. It's like when you, um, when we go to the movie theater, when you sit down, the first thing you do is you, I mean, this is way simpler version of that, but I sit down and I look to the right, I look to my left, and I know where those emergency exits are just in case something bad happens. You get on the plane, what do you do? You look for your emergency exit lanes. Just, you know what, if you do that, that puts you ahead of 90% of other people. But again, I, I would say living in a place like this, my guess would be, uh, leaving early would be the key. Uh, and that's when I had Phil Rabley and his wife Gillian on from the Matter of Facts podcast. They both said, you know, they waited too long to leave and they were lifetime residents of the New Orleans area or of uh, Louisiana area. Great people. And they thought they knew and the storm just shifted. So sometimes you get caught. But the best thing we can do is make plans ahead of time and head out. But like I said, evacuation markers along the way. So know where your evacuation routes are. Know your ways in and out. Because I can imagine shit could get hairy here really quick. We went to the Daytona Pier today, and half of it's closed. And apparently it's closed indefinitely. I was talking to an elderly lady there at the candy shop. She said that the uh, storm surge had damaged it to make it to the point where they don't feel safe letting people occupy it for any length of time. So it's basically closed down at this point. And she said, you know, the, the stuff here is made well. But, you know, with the heavy sandy soil and different things, it... It just makes it really hard for it to hold up to these long-term storms. Uh, it would be interesting to be down here during maybe a mild storm for sure, but I uh, I wouldn't want to be down here during a major one, that's for sure. Charlie Cole says, it's good where I am. There is one official route out. It helps to know all... Yeah, that. okay, so that's what I was going to talk about here. That's what I was thinking, Charlie. He says, Charlie says, it helps to know all the old highways when that evacuation notice arrives. Exactly, I thinking of uh do you guys remember that movie uh war of the worlds with tom cruise again they got on the highway trying to evacuate and they got crowded in with the the crew now on the prairies where i live there's no such thing as a shortcut yes here's chris dick dickens say says always know your back roads so there's no way so what i say in in the prairies there's no such thing as a shortcut because there's no roads that will save you time but there's no shortage of extra back roads you can use in Alberta because everything's on a one mile grid. So if you can't get on this highway, you can go to the next one and the next one, you can just keep working your way across. So always know your back roads. A couple of years ago for Christmas, I was at the local pharmacy and I seen a back roads almanac with a nice spiral bound to it for, uh, for Alberta, BC and Saskatchewan. And Becky got it for me for Christmas and put it in my stocking. That's one of those things. Once you have one, it's great. But like Charlie said, I bet. Yeah. And uh, Charlie, if you're still around and listening, have you ever had to evacuate yet for big storms? But yeah, that that's a great tip, guys. I uh, I wonder if we can try to take a screenshot of that. 
Yep, there we go. So I'll be able to save that. <laughs> and yeah, we'll we'll, uh, we'll post that, Charlie. That's a good tip. Just knowing about your the old highways because, again, ninety five percent of the people are going to be following the official evacuation route, and they're going to go where they're told to go. And if you can get on a back road and save yourself some time, absolutely. Because if there's one thing I've discovered in Florida, it's that people love to drive the shit out of their vehicles. 90 miles an hour in the middle lane. I was telling my brother-in-law about it tonight. And he is a, he, he, he races mud boggers and enjoys it. But uh, yeah, he, he could not believe how fast the traffic was down here. But yeah, I'm, we're looking forward to I, I'm really excited about my presentation at the uh, LFTN workshop and what Thursday morning. I actually, I'm the first presenter of the entire weekend. So that'll be great. I'll get that done and over with early on. And then I can spend the rest of the time listening to other cool presenters. And what I'm really excited about is meeting everybody in person and hopefully, you know, being able to encourage a few people because my topic is finding freedom through entrepreneurship. And I'm sure there'll be people there who are like, you know what? This is what I want to do. And if you're out there listening, if you're on the podcast, I'm sure there'll be a, a, a copy of my presentation come out eventually. But if you're ever thinking about starting your own business, just send it along to me. I, I will I'll encourage you. There is nothing better in this world than the freedom that comes along with starting your own business. And I've done probably a couple dozen shows on it over the years so far, and I'll do more because there is nothing that fits into the preparedness lifestyle better than having your own business and your own freedom that comes along with that. And one other cool thing, I got a notification yesterday or the day before that we just put up the 500 piece, the 500 piece of content on the workshop YouTube channel. So in just over two years, I put out, I've done over 500 total videos, live streams, and podcasts. And I'm pretty proud of that. That's like 250 a year. That's, it's definitely five per week easily. And I appreciate you guys listening. Absolutely. Uh, Charlie says, not yet. Hurricane Sally was the last big one. By the time it made it to major strength, it was too late to get out. The island shut down and evacuated, but the larger areas were sitting ducks. And you're still there, and hopefully everything has been safe and healthy for you. And there's only so much a person can do, but we'll... Uh, yeah, we're getting awfully close to hurricane season, aren't we? When, now that I live in Alberta, I don't always think about it as much. I was I was kind of hoping to get Phil and his wife on a little closer to hurricane season, but maybe we'll do a replay of it, or maybe I'll get him back on, or, or maybe if there's other people out in the workshop community who are used to prepping for hurricanes, maybe we could do a roundtable discussion on it or something. I would love that because, you know, even where I grew up on the East Coast, on the Atlantic Ocean, in my entire lifetime, I think I only saw two actual uh, rated hurricanes make landfall by the time they got to nova scotia they were usually either tropical storms or post-tropical storm depressions that kind of stuff so you know we did we have bad winds sure we had bad winds but we didn't get the full-on hurricanes like you guys do down here on the gulf coast quite as often and so it, it made us you know we had to prepare but not like you guys do so it would it would sure be i would love to do maybe an episode or two or maybe a series in the repairedness end of things on exactly how to prepare for these storms because yeah they'll be coming again i'm sure and i can every so often i look over here yeah i can see a few stars coming out it's been good today was the first day on the water that we actually saw any sailboats <laughs> i gotta tell you a couple other things um we've watched a lot of people fish off the beach since we've been here 
with zero luck, haven't seen a soul pull a fish in. And I've seen probably a half dozen guys with their metal detectors. And the first time I seen it, I thought, oh, this is pretty cool. They're going to get something. And I've watched these guys walk the full length of what I can see on the beach here day in and day out with metal detectors. I've never once seen them bend over and sift any sand. So they must they must do it for the passion of it because <laughs> they've been going and haven't found a, a single thing. I almost feel bad for them, but, you know, whatever you're into, whatever your hobby is. And speaking of hobbies, if you guys haven't checked out Chris Dixon's new video, he did a really cool, I don't want to spoil the whole thing, but check it out. Uh, Chris, if you've got the link, you can throw it up in the description here because it's hard on the, the mobile, but he just turned one of them. Do you guys remember about 10 years ago? No, probably closer to 15 now. All the rage was these, I want to call them vibrators, but that sounds kind of weird. But they were those pads you stood on and they went like this really, really fast. And apparently they would cause you to lose weight and make you healthy. I don't know. I never knew anybody who succeeded with them. But they were so popular that we had places in my hometown where you'd actually pay like a monthly fee to go and stand on them damn machines. Anyway, of course, as soon as the, the fad wore out, they, they just sat and collected dust forever. Well, Chris got his hands on one the other day and he turned it into a, I don't want to, what you call it, like a, I don't even know, like an aggregate machine. Like you would put uh, basically to shine up metal parts. You put it in a bucket with rocks and it would vibrate. And yeah, it's, it's a really cool, like a vibratory cleaner, I guess. There we go. That's the term I'm looking for. So if you guys are looking for some interesting projects, Chris has always got some cool things on the go there and used an old solar controller and a bunch of other things. So yeah, check that out. And when I get back north side, we'll start into some uh, new video content. We'll get back to the regular interviews, which will be great. And yeah, I'm looking forward to it. We had a gentleman that just joined the other day in the Telegram group who is a trained butcher. We're going to have him on the show coming up in uh, maybe a month or two to talk about home animal butchery. I think that's the right term. So I'm really excited about that. And yeah, another thing, guys, if you, anybody out there listening, if you have show ideas or guests you want to reach out to, holler at me. You can email me at therealtimcook at gmail.com, post them in the, the comments here, or send them to me through social because, I mean, I've got a list a mile long. Like I, I could do five episodes a week and keep us going for a long time but i'd rather make sure it's stuff that you guys want so yeah send it along to me and a quick follow-up uh angry american his wife messaged me back on facebook looking for some episodes of my podcast so they could listen to it to make sure that they're a fit so i'm really really hopeful that we will end up getting him on the show uh, we'll just keep pushing i love reaching out to these guys and you know if you don't swing for the fences you're never going to get a home run but i just love interviewing interesting people on interesting topics about interesting things because everybody has a story and it's always a lot of fun well guys we've been 40 minutes and i got another live stream tomorrow and i'm gonna continue to uh, polish up my presentation because i want it to be the best damn presentation it can be for everybody who's going to be there who pays their hard-earned money and is willing to come down and listen to little old me speak along with a whole bunch of much greater people than i am which I'm excited about. And if you're out there and you're going to be at LFTN, come by and say hello because I will be there. I'll have stickers too. If anybody wants stickers, let me know. I'll have them. I know Nate and Aaron will be there for sure. Can't wait to see them. And yeah, guys. Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, Chris says, uh, driving right now. Appreciate the shout out. Well, I will try to share his video on uh, social one of these days, guys, if I remember. I hope I don't forget, Chris. And if I do, send it to me and I'll resend it for you. Anyway, guys. 
Thanks for dropping in. We may have one more. I don't know. We'll see. I would love to do something live at LFTN. I will chat with some of my fellow content creators and see if we can do maybe a roundtable. No promises, but there will be tomorrow's live stream with John and Nicole. And we've got two more pre-recorded episodes coming out on Wednesday and Sunday next week as well. And guys, thank you. My, my listenership has actually gone up these two weeks while I've been gone so far. And it's thanks to you guys. So thank you. And guys, as always, stay happy, stay healthy, and have a great week.